More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Can't believe how the time's flying, but we are in the third hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show right now. This is Buck in NYC, my main man, Clay, out in Nashville, Tennessee. And we are joined now by Congressman Andy Biggs of the great state of Arizona. Congressman, thanks for being here with us, sir. Hey, Good to be with you guys. Thanks so much, Buck. Clay? So I, I want to ask you, because uh, you have been talking, speaking out uh, for quite some time about the whole situation of Jan 6, as it is now referred to, obviously, to try to draw some rhetorical parallels to 9-11, right? They're making this now a, a day of remembrance. The Democrats want to use this tomorrow to dominate the news cycle. But before we get into the narrative components of it, you've also, Congressman, been focused on raising awareness about the treatment of nonviolent prisoners who have been held for months on end in solitary confinement without trial because judges say people who were taking selfies in the Capitol in some cases are a danger to the public. What can you tell us about the Jan 6 defendants that are being held? Are, what is their circumstance and what has happened? Well, I just got off a call with a, the, a lawyer for some of the defendants and, you know, it is inhumane. There's not normal due process. Uh, when you start putting people in solitary confinement, uh, this lawyer had one in solitary confinement for four months, another for six or seven months. You start talking about that. That is even under international law claim, Buck, that, that is considered torture. And, you know, I've, we've received reports of uh, several dietary issues that have gone on. We've received reports of medical uh, treatment not being received. Uh, one of the things that's going on is there's a blatant attempt to indoctrinate folks. Is you're seeing uh, these people who have public defenders, you know, and the, the federal public defenders office, they're coming, they hate their clients, their clients have a different political point of view. It's all dehumanizing and it's all 
uh, basically what we've seen in the return regime. Congressman, Congressman, I think we're going to need to call you back. Yeah, we can't hear anything. We've got a little bit of an echo that is coming through. Let's let's get uh, our staff to get him back on the phone, Buck. in the meantime, as as we wait to get a better uh, better connection with the congressman, it is such as you point out an unbelievable day, right? Joe Biden is going to be on Capitol Hill speaking. They are trying to turn uh, January sixth into the equivalent of an, an an armed insurrection, despite as you well wrote and said, Buck, the fact that nobody has actually been charged with treason or insurrection or really very serious by and large charges at all that would lead to the idea that there was a coup in any way if the public i think if the american people were more aware of the reasoning of at least one federal judge for holding people accused of entirely non-violent crimes let's be clear parading inside a building and obstructing a government proceeding are things that the left engages in on a regular All basis and actually celebrates, right? I mean, never mind the try they're trying to burn down a courthouse or actually burning down a police department. You know, that's social justice and action, according to the Biden voters of 2020. But here we are now, and we're being told by judges, by this one judge, that they can't release them pending trial. Remember the presumption of innocence, Clay? You know, you're a law oh, school yeah. guy, you're a lawyer. Uh, they can't release them pending trial because of the threat of, get ready for it, everybody. Another insurrection. It's crazy. If some of these selfie-taking, you know, middle-aged folks uh, were allowed to actually see their families and not be held in cells. Congressman Biggs, hopefully we can hear you this time. Please continue. Yeah, thanks. Sorry about that. I don't have, but, but here's the deal. They're dehumanizing these folks, whether it's solitary confinement, indoctrinates them, denial of medical care. And then one of the things that really astonished me was that uh, the FBI and the DOJ... Right. Con- Congressman Biggs, we, we're, we're, we really want to hear from you, sir. We're going to have to try you back. We, we, I cannot I cannot hear him. Clay cannot hear him. So we're going to have to continue on here. I don't know how hard it is to get a member of Congress on a landline, but apparently they don't want to call us in from a landline. So we'll try I, another I, I will say this. I don't even have a landline in my house. So I, I think we're all reliant in some way on the cell phone industry. And there's a great, uh, I really wonder whether at some point this will ever end. I bet, Buck, you can point, even in Manhattan, probably one of the most cell phone-laden places on the entire planet. I bet there's a place you could point to and be like, I can't get a signal at this part of the island, right? There's a street corner, there's somewhere I can get in my car, and if I start to drive, I'm like, I'm going to lose you uh, at this particular spot. I don't know how that works, but it is the bane of existence of talk radio show hosts uh, forever that you just right. it, 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 and, we can't get full coverage. At least on TV, if you get the person calling in that has the the fuzzy sound or something, you get a visual. But on radio, for all of our listeners all across the country, we got we got to have better uh, quality audio. But look, Jan Six Clay, we we know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's going yes. to be represented to the CNN audience, to the New York Times and Washington Post readership, as though an actual coup was yes. underway and was only thwarted by the bravery of, like, that guy who is now a CNN contributor. What a shock. Uh, Officer Fanone, I believe, right? Oh, a CNN? So so he can contribute, what, more stories about that one day, so they'll have him there forever on hand to talk about that uh, aborted coup or, or, or def- uh, defeated coup, I should say. And how is that supposed to happen? To call it an insurrection is to suggest there was a concerted effort at the overthrow 
of the United uh, United States government. How were unarmed people, a few hundred of them, inside the Capitol building? Some of them committed vandalism, which is wrong and they should be punished. Some of them attacked police, which is wrong and should be punished. They were unarmed. How are they going to overthrow the government? What was the plan? Uh, that's that's what nobody ever takes the next step for. What was the act? Okay, let, let's presume that your argument, and I think it's it's what worth stating and emphasizing, the number of people that are still in prison, some of them, I believe, in solitary confinement, one year after this incident, when they aren't in any way being charged with actual insurrection right like it isn't a legitimate basis in reality to argue this and so no one ever takes the next step to the extent that any of you listen to cnn or read the new york times the washington post or watch msnbc and i will say our audience a lot of them do they're particularly well able to address what's going on in the larger media ecosystem Note that no one ever takes that next step and says, as a result of this, it is likely going to have led to some overthrow of the government. What? The guy who showed up in the with the QAnon spear in the in the in the fur, yeah. he was going to somehow overthrow the government. Uh, Q- QAnon shaman, I believe, yes. is the is the term that is used for him uh, generally in the media. Um, I believe Jacob Chansley, and he had severe name? mental illness. Yes, right. I, I mean, as you probably could guess based on the way that he was dressed. There, there's also something that really shows you the mindset here, and I'm sure a lot of people listening saw this, maybe a headline of it. But they have done this thing where they've gone back, the media, I think it was an AP or a Reuters piece. They were so supposed to be the, you know, the standard news media media, not even the New York Times editorial page or something like that. And they did this deep dive into uh, into Ashley Babbitt having some I saw that some issue in her life. And there was, you know, allegations of harassment, stalking. None of it has anything whatsoever to do with what occurred that day. And I would just point out that if someone were to write a story about how George Floyd held a loaded gun to the belly of a pregnant woman and now has, during a home invasion, no less, and now has murals all over the country of St. George Floyd, you'd be called a racist and you're horrible and how dare you and how could you. Meanwhile, they trash in, you know, after her death at the hands of an officer who should not have shot her, by the way, but the system protects their own. Uh, now they're they're doing a, a smear campaign against her, too. So so because she's had some emotional tumult in her life before, she's not a criminal. She didn't hurt. You know, she, she hasn't, uh, you know, robbed banks or murdered anybody. And they, they trash her. And this is you should just understand whether it's Kavanaugh or just an everyday person, they will ruin the reputation the elite media will destroy anyone who stands in their way, no matter what they have to do to get there. Well, and I think this is why so many people still love Donald Trump. And I think to a large extent, we are seeing politicians take cues from him. Let me just give you an example. Mitt Romney is, I believe, a father of five, has virtually nothing in his background that is remotely attackable. They went after him with a furious vengeance. And I think it surprised Mitt Romney how hard they came after him. And he was not willing to throw back punches aggressively in the same way. Trump, for better or worse, you come at him, he's going to come back at you harder. And I think a younger version of Republican has learned 
from Trump in many ways. Look, Ron DeSantis is, in many ways, 30 years younger, whatever the, the, the math is, is a polished version of Trump in that he will attack back as harder, harder everyone who comes after him. And for a long time, that country club Republican idea is, oh, I'm going to be above the fray. I'm a good guy. The media knows that. And what they don't know is, I mean, look at what happened to Brett Kavanaugh. The guy did nothing wrong at all in his entire life, basically, as an adult. And they made up stories about him when he was 17 years old. You know how they keep changing definitions of anti-vax now means you don't think you should have to get a vaccine every three months or lose your job, your livelihood. You just know, that's for now, COVID, just, by the way. Just, just, for, just for COVID. They change definitions. Uh, th- this is something that they're going to continue to do. This is something that you're going to continue to see happening. They did this with Credible during Kavanaugh. Credible all of a sudden was the opposite. Credible allegation was the yes. opposite of that. It is not credible when you can't even establish you met someone ever to say that that is anyway so there are so, no way that like that was to me that was a major tipping point in how anyone could argue there was any measure of honesty in the in the democratic party that was the uh, unmitigated a lot of us were talking failure. at the time in the movement about how that made people into wartime conservatives because they realized that you have to actually win and defeat the other side because if you're expecting any good faith or decency from them you're going to be very very uh disappointed but just on to this January 6th thing again for a second here, folks. Look, um, the fact of the matter is they're going to exaggerate it. They're going to use this as a club. They're going to try to bludgeon Republicans with it from now until Election Day because they have nothing else that they can run on and talk to you about. They have failed. Biden, the regime, has failed on COVID, failed on the border, failed on crime, failed on the economy. So what do they do? Clay, it's all about Two groups of undesirables from here on out, the unvaccinated and the insurrectionists. And that just becomes that that is effectively the Democrat argument. Those two groups of people are who we need to be mad at. And that's why we'll talk about this maybe a little bit more. But my idea of counterprogramming what's going to go on on January 6th, which make no mistake, is basically an infomercial for uh, for an exaggerated riot. Right. Uh, but what is actually going to happen, in my opinion, that should happen is Republicans should focus on issues that are actually at play right now, like over 300,000 Chicago kids not able to go to school because their teachers won't show up for work. Mike Lindell, he invented my pillow and his team. They fit us all for our own pillows, introduced us to their ever-growing list of incredible products. It is phenomenal. I've got them all throughout my house. And right now, you can get a MyPillow, the one that started it all, for just $19.98. Originally, they were $69.98. That's a $50 savings with the promo code Clay and Buck. And you can also get a money-back guarantee until March 1st. Buck, you got them all throughout your house, too. My wife even got the My Slippers. You can see them in our picture that I put up for Christmas. She got them for all her friends and family also because she absolutely loves these things. Amazing. I've got the My Slippers. You put them on first thing in the morning. They keep your feet so cozy. They got this memory foam, buttery smooth and soft on your feet. That's how I like it. For a limited time, Mike is offering his My Pillows. That's right, the product that got all this going for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard My Pillow for 19.98, originally 69.98. That's a $50 savings with promo code Clay and Buck. And remember, Mike is extending his money back guarantee until March 1st. 
All you have to do is go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and enter promo code Clay and Buck, or call 800-792-3269. Again, that's MyPillow.com. Click on radio listener specials, enter that promo code Clay and Buck, or call 800-792-3269. Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Campbell. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Buck, do you remember the conversation? I don't know if we had it on air or off air, where I was talking with you about how I would be really nervous if I was the NFL and I had the Super Bowl scheduled to be played in Los Angeles. We did have this talk. We had that conversation, I think, on the air. There are reports that have come out since we started the show today that the NFL is reaching out to locations, uh, including Dallas, Texas, to talk about whether they could host the Super Bowl in the event that California starts to shut down more. Are you confident that as we know Omicron is going to skyrocket, right? California is going to set an all-time record despite all the taking the virus seriously that they've done in San Francisco and L.A. and other marketplaces there. Are you confident that they're going to be sane and continue to allow people to show up in on Moss, big groups, tens of thousands of people to watch sporting events. We just saw Stanford in the Bay Area shut down all crowds for athletic events there. Uh, I, I would be incredibly nervous if I were the NFL about whether LA is going to continue to be able to host the Super Bowl. I think you'd have to be. I think anybody who didn't see it that way would be ignoring the history and the reality of what we've all been through in the blue states in particular. Speaking of which, I want to take this call because right now it's it's a pretty remarkable thing, friends, that there are 
people who are being told. Remember how we had the hospitals? You had to fire doctors and nurses, particularly nurses, oh, who yeah. won't get the shot. Got to fire them. They're such a risk. Now hospitals are saying, even if you actively have COVID, <laughs> if you have symptoms, if you are sick, you got to come into work. They're I desperate. Mean, think of how much worse that is. Unvaccinated people are going to be not sick 99.9% of the time that they're doing their work. They're bringing in people who are actively sick. We have Elaine in Rhode Island. I want to talk to her about this one. Elaine, thanks for calling in. Hey, y'all. I think I'm making history. I think I'm the first person from Rhode Island to call you. You sound like you weren't from Rhode Island originally, though. That's a southern (laughs) accent I hear. Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm an Alabama girl that's been transplanted. Roll so. tide, Elaine. Roll tide. Roll tide. Roll tide every day. I've been meaning uh, to say yeah, that. It was it was in the news this week. Uh, you know, they laid off all the uh, unvaccinated healthcare workers, and uh, so just yesterday in the news here, uh, they've decided that um, if you're a, if you've tested positive. For COVID, as a healthcare worker, you can uh, take care of positive COVID patients. There we go. Which means oh, you're also coming around non You're coming around nor you know other people that don't have COVID. Let's all be very clear about that. Right, but it is it is. Thanks for the call, Elaine. Uh, big game for the Crimson Tide against Georgia, by the way, on Monday in Indianapolis. Another big market for us, where they're hosting the college football national championship game. But I gotta say this, Buck. This is just a hundred percent a sign of how desperate, you know, the, the going from 10 days to five days on the quarantine wasn't about anything scientific. It was just about the fear that so many millions of people are going to test positive that society is not going to be able to function. That's what they're terrified yeah. of. Maybe we should have been making determinations like that all along, judging and balancing instead Amen. of just running away in fear. That's what they want you to do. This month, we see the stock market acting erratically and wreaking havoc on your IRA and your life savings. You know it's going to happen again and soon, right? Those days serve as a reminder to diversify your savings and retirement investments. Include real gold in your plan. It's the best form of protection for your portfolio. Buying real gold comes with a sense of satisfaction. You actually take physical possession of it and hold it in your hands before storing it away safely. The Oxford Gold Group, our sponsor, made this process so easy for me. They'll do the same for you. They'll explain everything to you. You'll have real gold delivered to your home or put in your IRA. Just call them now. 833-404-GOLD. Learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-G-O-L-D. But the big caveat is we should not be complacent since the increased transmissibility of variant may be Om- of Omicron might be overridden by the sheer volume of the number of cases that may be a reduced severity, but could still stress our hospital system because a certain proportion of a large volume of cases, no matter what, are going to be severe. So don't take this as a signal that we can pull back from the recommendations that you just heard from Dr. Walensky about the need for vaccination, for boostering, for wearing masks, and all the other CDC recommendations. So just to be clear, here's Fauci telling you, okay, yes, Omicron is a whole lot less lethal and dangerous 
than the previous things. But if you think for one second, everybody, that means you should be allowed to have your droplets freely spread in the air. You should no longer be double masked with a visor, preferably home alone in bed in the shower. Six feet, 60 feet better, six feet good. Do not think for a moment you can start to believe your life will ever return to normal. I think I got it all. I think I got it. Uh, that is well said. <laughs> I will say this, too. Did you watch, you know, I was watching the um, uh, the New Year's Eve celebrations on a bunch of different channels. And I thought it was a stark contrast. For instance, my home city of Nashville had a huge outdoor concert packed full of people. Nobody in masks. Fox News was down on Second Avenue. They did their live broadcast. I thought Will Kane and Pete Hegseth and uh, Rachel Campos Duffy did a great job hosting that event. But, Buck, the disconnect between where you are in New York City, where they had the Times Square socially distanced celebration going on, and there was one moment that crystallized for me more than anything else. They had a couple propose live on in Times Square. The girl said yes. Both of them were masked, and they got up and kissed wearing their masks. Sometimes you can point out the absurdity. I would love for Dr. Fauci to be asked, to your point, Buck, he's never said this is too much. Do you believe if a couple outdoors proposes to each other, the woman says yes, she slides the ring on her finger, he does as well, this is a joyous moment for both, they're going to have this moment for the rest of their life, do you believe they should kiss while wearing masks given that Omicron currently exists and is spreading as it is? Now, I know it's a family show, but I just want to point out that there were news stories earlier on in the pandemic about how during intimacy fun 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 time you know you were supposed to maintain mask discipline now not masks for the purposes of you know whatever stuff people are into yes you were supposed to wear medical grade masks while you were in the throes of intimacy, lest your partner infect you with COVID, that is a real thing that so-called public health officials at, at different points in this were pushing. Clay, there is no limit to their absurdity and their stupidity, and we keep coming back to this. Fauci knows his, his whole thing, his whole secret sauce is it's always, I'm saving lives, and that's all I do, and I'll never tell people that they should live more normal lives. I would just love, there's a lot of media that listens to this show. I would love for the media to take a challenge and try to come up with scenarios that Dr. Fauci says, no, that's going too far. Because when I saw the couple getting engaged and kissing each other while wearing their masks, which, by the way, I don't even know what that would feel like, but basically you're just like, you're kissing the interior of your... I mean, I mean it's totally, uh, absurdly ridiculous. And I have to think that if that couple gets married and they stay married for a long time, at some point, they will look back at their engagement photos and say, boy, we were imbeciles. We got engaged and kissed while wearing our masks to celebrate. You remember how there were some kids, you know, if you went to sleepaway camp or when you were in uh, grade school, 
you know, occasionally there'd be a kid who had a like a blanket, you know, like a little yeah, yeah. blanket that they would want to keep with well, them. My as kids a, all had as, security blankets. Right, yeah. security blankets. Right. Okay. Then the the face mask for COVID has turned into effectively an anxiety blanket for adults. That's really yes. what this is. Really, what it is in in my building here in New York. We have to. I do not, but we are supposed to mask. And I will say the nice thing is every time you walk into a gym in New York City and someone is unmasked, you've got a freedom brother or freedom sister right there. What percentage oh. of people are masked in the gym typically when you're going to the gym? Now? Half, I'd say right oh now. We're God. in a private gym. It's half. Um, the ones that really amaze me are the ones who are on the treadmill because yes. that's if you if the mask doesn't bother you on the treadmill. You aren't working out hard enough. You might That's as well accurate. just go outside and walk on the street. You're not actually, uh, but I'd say, I'd say it's about half because Clay, let, let's understand this. The reason that they initially put in the vaccine passport system in the gyms, because we have to unpack this for everybody because otherwise they just keep moving the goalposts and we're in this dizzying. We're the gerbils on the Fauci wheel. We're all just running and running and running. It's going faster, faster. It's a horrible nightmare that I have. It recurs. Yes. But. You know, what we have is we were told vaccine passports will will make us safe so we don't need to mask up in gyms. What we have then instituted is vaccine passports. And we find out, guess what? Now we have to mask up anyway in the gym. And they don't say the vaccine passports failed, to which point you say, well, hold on a second. Why, why, why should we not look at this policy differently, considering that the promise of it clearly failed? They don't care. It is a post-evidence era we are in. This is a great question, and this is another one that I would love to have asked of Dr. Fauci. If a million cases a day, two years basically into COVID, if wearing masks everywhere, if COVID vaccine passports, all of these things going on, If that is success, what would failure have looked like? No one ever points that out, Buck, right? Well, they might say, oh, well, it would be so much worse if we hadn't had the vaccine or if we hadn't had masks or if we hadn't had social. No, no, no. We have now, right now, a million cases a day happening in the United States. That is almost quadruple the all-time high of last January. If this is success, if this is vaccine success... What would vaccine failure have actually looked like? It's a great question. Like, just what? Okay, if um, we're having a million cases, you're telling me, and this is vaccine success, four times the high we've ever had two years in. What would vaccine failure have looked like? And there isn't really an answer. They don't have their talking points ready to even tell us, Buck, what vaccine it, failure would have looked here, like. Here's a really just a, just a mind blowing thing that everyone needs to spend time thinking about it i don't pretend to have all the answers about this and no one has all the answers about it we've been pointing out for some time on this show clay that more people have died in this country under biden than under trump now that includes about nine months of vaccine distribution under biden that did not occur under trump obviously because we didn't have a vaccine and it also would include a whole lot more natural immunity built up within the system just from more and more people getting infected over time. No one has really explained that. But let's take a step back for a second and think about this. If their if their claim and this is the claim is that it would have been so much worse without all the mitigation, and the mask and all these measures. How is it that right now we are at an all time national high for caseload yes. with a lot more natural immunity, vaccinated immunity and a lot of mitigation measures in place 
relative to where we were in January last year with no vaccinated immunity and less natural immunity in place. I know they're just going to say, oh, it's because Omicron is so much more transmissible. They told us Delta was so, I mean, how much more transmissible can stuff really get? And also, why do we think it's going to stop with Omicron? If that's your argument, well, it just kept getting more transmissible. Well, why isn't there going to be another variant that's just as transmissible? Just ask your ask your most diehard vaccine proponent friends. Say, I understand you're saying the vaccine's a big success. It's a million cases. What would failure have looked like? I'd lo- I just love to hear the answer because we're at an all-time worst-case scenario right now. New Year provides a new opportunity to save money whenever possible. You know, I'm trying to save everybody money because with inflation soaring like it is, imagine what 12000 extra dollars in your pocket over the course of a year could mean for you and your family. Also, you get a brand-new mortgage, get the opportunity to skip a couple of mortgage payments. Look, our friends at American Financing, family-owned mortgage lender, known for its customized home loan solutions, they will hook you up in a hurry. In fact, if you start right now, you might be able to close on a brand new mortgage in as little as 10 days. 10 days to save you $12,000. How do you get hooked up? Well, phone's in your hand right now. Listen to me. Call American Financing at 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109 or you can visit AmericanFinancing.net NMLS 182334 NMLSConsumeraccess.org I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Campbell. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back to the Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show. We got Attorney General Merrick Garland talking right now about Jan 6 Live. Let's go to it for a second, see what he's saying. Defended and secured the Capitol that day. They demonstrated to all of us and to our country what true courage looks like. Their resolve, their sacrifice, and their bravery protected thousands of people working inside the Capitol that day. Five officers who responded selflessly to the attack on January 6 have since lost their lives. I ask everyone to please join me in a moment of silence in recognition of the service and sacrifice. Oh, okay. Of, oh, okay. Let's just cut all right, him off all right, right there. All because right. That oh, is my a, God. That, I mean, first of all, when you are the attorney general, I hold you to a higher level. And maybe this is on maybe this I shouldn't even do this. But I hold you to a higher level of factual accuracy. No one died, Buck. They have not been able to uh, connect at all, even though the media tried to obfuscate and confuse us and make it seem the case. No one died directly who was a police officer because of January 6th, right? They have tried to make it seem that that is the case. But when you look at the autopsies, when you look at the reports, the, all the media that have later come out to correct, did you notice what Mayor Garland there said? Five people have died since the January 6th incident. The only person to die on January 6th violently, now there were some people who were aged and I think had heart attacks or had medical-related conditions who were involved in the, uh, in the protest and in the riot, but Ashley Babbitt was the only person who died in the Capitol as a direct result of what took place on January 6th. And she was shot and killed by a Capitol police officer. So what you're seeing there from Merrick Garland as he was speaking, the Attorney General of the United States, the person who Barack Obama wanted to put for life on the Supreme Court, is an intentional misrepresentation. We talk a lot about misinformation and disinformation. That is an intentional misinformation that is designed to make it appear that five Capitol Police officers died as a result of January 6th. I also remember, because it happened in my own neighborhood, when there were marauding bands of Biden voting lunatics under yes. the banner of BLM, which, of course, as we know, didn't do anything good for the country and actually made the country less safe and a whole lot more people were killed as a result of the pullbacks and support to police. But I remember when the same mainstream, so to speak, I hate that term, legacy lib media anchors were saying, you know, this is what happens when people are angry. Who says protest peacefully? Former CNN anchor, yes. former CNN anchor yes. Chris Cuomo with former governor of New York Cuomo brother, uh, bro Cuomo, not able to get a handle on things in New York City during these riots. Clay, there were there were federal officers who were being intentionally blinded on a regular basis with lasers out in Portland by Biden voters. Now, yes. they did get their sight back, but uh, would anyone else want to try the laser in the eye thing and see how they feel about it? You know, go blind for a few hours in an eye and see if you think that that's... These are things... They were having cinder blocks thrown at them. They yes. were having uh, pepper spray in their faces. Now, that's all bad. The only time I've ever seen Democrats outraged about violence against police is this one day. The rest right. of it is, you know, people are oppressed and they're angry. Sorry, cops have to suffer. This is why and I, what I just, distinguishes us from many people in the media, Buck, is we've argued that people who riot, regardless of their political motivations, should be prosecuted. The difference here is I'm not aware of anybody 
who was involved in those mostly peaceful protests all over the country in the summer of 2020, which we still don't really know where the money for the riots came from, where the organizational capacity. Nobody's really been prosecuted to a significant extent there. And by the way, I'm not aware of anybody still being held in solitary police confinement over the riots in the summer of 2020. In fact, most of the people who were arrested for that were let out with no charges filed, and Democratic politicians raised money. I mean, think about this for a minute. They raised money to defend anyone who was being arrested for those violent protests in the summer of 2020. Kamala Harris said, I will give you money so you get basically a get-out-of-jail-free card. Imagine if Donald Trump responding to January 6th had said, oh, I'm going to pay everybody's court costs, everybody's legal fees. That's what basically happened for many of these people arrested in the summer. We've seen who actually gets the, wow, Merrick Garland's still going. He's such a little hack. It's so funny. They try to say, oh, he's so moderate. Let's put him on the Supreme, a stolen Supreme Court seat. Shut up, libs. But, you know, you have the, uh, we have Kamala Harris during the riots in Minneapolis, as you point out advocating for raising bail money for people because, you know, presumption of innocence, let's get them out on bail. Meanwhile, Kyle Rittenhouse, you advocate for bail for him. If you're a cop or you're anybody, they destroy you. They fire you from your job. They showed up at your house to report on you donating money to his defense fund. This is the fundamental separation that we see now throughout the system, and it's particularly pernicious in our justice system where politics is being infused in all these decisions all the time. It is an absolute outrage. The fact that the ACLU doesn't have its lawyers lying down in the street in D.C. in protest of what's going on with the Jan 6, and of course we don't expect them to because the ACLU is a left-wing hack organization, but the people that claim that they care about civil liberties are absent on this. Why? Because the politics of the system tell them that you have to destroy everybody who, remember, not even just the worst offenders on January 6th. There are people that were just there, present. Yes. It's it's glorified trespassing, folks. And I'd say this, too, about Merrick Garland. It's particularly disgusting to me. For someone to spend their entire career dreaming, probably, of being the Attorney General of the United States, and then when you get there, being so terrified of what people in your own party are going to say that you aren't willing to stand up and do what you believe is right. Because I do think this guy is not as much of a clown as he is having to behave like he is a clown because he's terrified of his own Justice d- Department. Doesn't that make him worse? Doesn't yeah. that make him worse? I mean, he it, actually it knows better. Feckless and pathetic and afraid, because he's an old white guy, of being targeted by his own administration. Just like Joe Biden, honestly. It's a disgrace. Jan 6 is tomorrow, folks. Come here for some sanity, some honesty, some truth. We'll talk to you then. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 